Hello, welcome to North of 48. It's November 30th, soon to be December 1st. Right now we're facing minus 20 degrees at nighttime. Oh, it's gotten so cold and the snow keeps blowing. whole bunch of people without uh, power down in South BC as the storm ravages the coast areas. And uh, I hope you have some hot pockets on you. You know, there's... Uh, quite a few bands like in my life if, you, if you're into music that um, have had an impact onto your life one of these these bands for me was uh, Fleetwood Mac and it was the Rumors album and uh, I went to concert and seen Fleetwood Mac and I used to see Stevie Nicks running off the stage going tee hee 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 um, the little scamp that she is but the one that played the keys the uh, on the piano Christy McVie. Um, I was always fascinated by her and some of her song structure and song choices. Here's a little rendition. fascinating lady with a fascinating voice and a fascinating way of arranging her songs. Christine McVie passed away at the age of 79 and the world is poor for not hearing her voice more. It seems um, uh, not not being over the hill but but having a good view um, the thought of death or the end of, of life uh, seems pretty poignant and um, I I've, I don't know if you have this this thing too, but I find myself thinking about my mom and dad at their end of life and the struggles they went through and the infirmities they they had. My dad was in a wheelchair. My mom ended up in a wheelchair. And if if you don't move, you you lose it, right? And uh, I'm conscious of that fact and trying to trying to keep a healthy. Uh, outlook on my physical and my mental health so hope you are too i've got a couple of friends who have uh, illnesses uh some really dear people uh close to me and uh this one one guy peter uh he was supposed to be dead a year year and a half ago they said they gave him uh two weeks to live and he's still going um, he keeps he keeps in remarkably high spirits, and he's always the delight to hear hear from. And uh, I just wish him and what a beautiful family he has. Another friend in Quebec uh, with a young family. He's developed cancer, and it's spread. And uh, he 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 keeps. Uh, I'm going to say a healthy attitude, at least in front of us. 
and he's uh, he's a good guy to talk to, and he's funny as heck. But this is what we're facing as as we age, and some of the uh, uh, the better half and I we talk about our various arthritis ailments. I mean, yeah, hi, how is your wrist today, and how is your knee today? How is your arm? And uh, yeah, it's a fact of life. You get older, you start to hurt. But going back to uh, when my parents passed away, um, it really hits home. And it's and so when I see somebody, especially older, in, in trouble or maybe not living their best life, um, I get upset at that. Or if the government doesn't um, come through with the services that, that have been promised to the people. Because when a government takes office, they're prom- promising to serve the people. And I get a little uh, leery of politicians who seem to only serve themselves. A little dissatisfied with, about it. I would think at this time in my life, we should have all this politic crap straightened out. Apparently we don't. It's always a fight. It's always an argument. Instead of doing and serving the people the best you can. That's my view, and it's my opinion. So if you're in Canada, you're experiencing the, the high uh, residential prices and, and for land and for houses and stuff. And, the, and theory has it it's been driven up by foreign buyers buying it out or, or Russians perhaps, but maybe also people trying to wash their money. They, they made some money illegally, so they buy some property in Canada and that money is now washed. They can turn around and sell the property or they, they could keep it. Well, Parliament uh, passed the prohibition on the purchase of residential property by non-Canadians Act, and this came out earlier this year, and it's in the was in the 2022 federal budget. As of January 1st, there's a two-year ban that applies to foreign corporations and individuals who are not citizens or permanent residents of Canada, and this includes direct and indirect purchases. Now, I work for a firm that got bought out by the Australians. I have no idea how that impacts. I do know that uh, the Canadian government has also come out with a ban on, or looking closely at foreign entities um, buying like mines or ore or stripping and looking seriously at banning that. Uh, the details are still unclear. But the information suggests that people who knowingly assist in a contravention of the law may be subject to monetary penalties on conviction, which is about $10,000. Now, does that deter the person from doing it? Because the Chinese or Russian or foreign investor, Saudi Arabia maybe, can say to the guy, you know, you're going to get fined $10,000 I'm going to put $20,000 on top of your commission to cover that. So that's one way to probably get out of it. There are some exceptions. Students and an individual purchasing with a spouse or common law partner who is not subject to the ban may be eligible for buying. Buildings with more than three units are not covered by the ban. Oh, well, I would say buildings with more than three units should be covered by the ban 
uh, so as not to drive uh, rents up by corporations or foreign entities buying a whole bunch of apartment places and running them. We have a bad um, case of uh, rentals here in Canada. I live in a in a city that uh, the rentals may be not as high as some of the other countries, but I've seen from 800 to $2,200 on a one-bedroom apartment. I have no idea how you can survive on that, um, especially if you're making a minimum wage. How do you afford that? How do you afford food, uh, maybe a car? Uh, the city I live in is um, the public transit, transit is... You know, it's hit or miss. It's a spread out city and you, you need a vehicle. The province of Ontario recently raised um, the foreign buyer's tax to 25% from 20%. So if they buy buy something, there's a 25% tax on top of that. Well, I've seen um, foreign buyers paying way over market value for property especially out east, especially out in the uh, Nova Scotia, PEI, Newfoundland areas. So I'm not sure that's going to uh, stop these people. Uh, the, the person who needs a house, they're not going to be able to afford all the extra commissions to somebody to, to do it, to pay the $10,000 penalty, at least not, not usual. Uh, so this still does not get rid of the big players in my opinion. And according to some, there's going to be a lot of lawyers setting up corporations with 51% Canadian ownership for foreign buyers to skirt the law and continue laundering their money, straw man purchases. Um, it's a shame. I know in Vietnam, you can buy a building, but you can't own the land. You have to marry somebody from Vietnam who then can own the land and the building. A lot of other countries have this. We're, we're kind of the Wild West out here. You got money, come on in. You buy whatever you want. Yeah, don't worry about these people who have been here for 100 years. Uh, I mean, their families and stuff. Don't worry about it. We're going to uh, we're gonna set up a new neighborhood. Um, gentrify anybody? In the meantime, the NDP, the federal NDP, New Democratic Party, are our closest, uh, our closest party to socialism that we've gotten so far i'll just say anyways they're they're urging the federal liberal government who's in charge of the feds well prime minister justin trudeau right he wants them to address what they say is corporate greed driving a cost of living crisis for northern and indigenous communities this is a thing there's a record high prices for food fuel and heat NDP is saying Ottawa can lighten the financial load by reforming its Nutrition North subsidy and cutting the GST from home heating, the VAT tax up here. According to Northern Manitoba MP Nikki Ashton and none of it MP Laurie Idlout. They told reporters that the Liberals could pay for program reform and offset tax cuts by hitting oil and gas companies, grocery chains, and big box retailers with a windfall tax, a one-time fee levied on larger unforeseen corporate profits. How, how often have you heard that this year and last year, that these uh, corporations have gotten an unforeseen profit? And... Um, Governments looking at a windfall tax to try to take it back. 
Um, Ashton says, Canada doesn't just have an inflation crisis, we have an inequality crisis, and nowhere is that more obvious than in northern and indigenous communities. Uh, my last trip up north, I think a cup of coffee cost six bucks, and uh, to get fresh vegetables up there is, is something else. Um, tomatoes are selling for $8.19 a bag versus $1.77 in Ottawa. Canned tuna, one can of tuna is worth $9.77. That's in none of it, and it's worth $2.29 in Ottawa. Um, a $346 tank of gas purchased in northern Manitoba with fuel topping prices of over $3 per liter. A bottle of water in First Nation, $7.09. In Ottawa, it's $1.99. Unfortunately, they are the reality in many of the communities, uh, she said, and demands federal action. I'm all for it. I'm all for a windfall tax. I, th I think the windfall tax, if they didn't put the money back into the company, if they didn't put it back into their labor force, I, I think that might be a way to instead of just send sh money to shareholders all the time, is that they they have to be forced to, to put into their own companies. Now, a lot of these companies are not, being run by their f the first generation owners and stuff. It's usually a, a corporate uh, gaggle. Mitt Romney, anybody? People who have bought a company and it's and it's it's run to the point of almost being run out of business. It's running lean, so they can drive and take out as much profit as possible. And um, I would love to see somehow that these profits get poured back into the company to make it safer, uh, to keep good wages, to, to um, you know, maybe automate uh, some of the services. But that's a whole different kettle of fish. So, okay, NDP, that's a good one. Let's see if you can do it. So there is a, a high rate of food insecurity uh, for a lot of people, a lot of families, especially in this, this current climate. And um, I was telling a guy from Europe one time when I was, uh, I was a short order cook for, for a small time back out of high school and a per, at a tourist uh, area and a person comes in, gets a cup of hot water and then asks for packages of ketchup and she puts it into the water and has some soup. She was obviously, um, you know, just running on empty. Uh, food, money, and nourishment-wise. And uh, I told my friend from Europe that, and he says, what? Is that a thing? I said, that's a thing. Uh, I've seen it before. I've seen it in some movies, but personally seen it. And then now, looking at the prices in the stores, um, $7 for a head of cauliflower. Lettuce, uh, if you can find it, is dreadfully expensive. Just the nor normal um, staples of uh, of you know of your refrigerator. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are struggling right now, and that's a shame. Well, here's something that I bet you you don't know about: sixty-six million dollars worth of personal protective equipment 
BPE, purchased by the Ontario government, was disposed of because it was damaged, obsolete, or had expired. The Auditor General report was released on Wednesday, and half of the disposed PPE was from the Business Service Ministry, and the other half was from the Health Ministry. The expired or damaged PPE included masks that required assembly and certain disinfectants, such as uh, hand sanitizers. Many of these products were acquired earlier in the pandemic when there was a shortage of masks and sanitizer, so the government procured many different types in order to meet demand, the report says. Some products became more desirable than others by, by users. Two additional warehouses were also rented uh, to a cost of $3.8 million to house these items. And the Auditor General warned there are still about 100 million units of N95 respirators worth about $81 million that are expected to exceed provincial demand and will expire by March 2030. So our managers running, well, in this case, the uh, Business and Health Ministry, how do, you, how, do you, how do you keep your job after $61 million of uh, P- $66 million of PPE had to be destroyed or like garbage. Stuff makes me crazy. So in Canada, we have a, uh, a ban to, uh, a ban. We have a plan to ban the use of single, single-use plastics and already bags are pretty well withdrawn from the marketplace. Um, it's quite, quite different to see paper bags again uh, for those of you who came up through the 60s and 70s you remember paper bags for groceries and uh, they're not as thick I have to say uh, and I don't think so anyways they're a little flimsier but uh, 97% of Canadians use their own reusable bags or containers when grocery shopping so that's, that's something else plastic straws are going to be gone um the the waste that goes into the oceans or tries to get recycled a lot of people don't know but a lot of these plastic bags that we put into our recycling do not get recycled they go to the landfill because they don't uh, some cities don't have the technology to recycle these bags uh once upon a time they were bundled up onto a boat and sent uh to points south and east, um, the Philippines especially told Canada, come pick up your garbage because the plastic wasn't in good enough shape to recycle. And uh, it sat in dock for a number of months and Canada finally had to say, okay, bring the ship back. But getting rid of the plastic in the environment, I find would probably be very, very helpful, uh, especially if you've ever seen a seagull with a six-pack ring stuck around around its head or um fish eating plastic um those shower gels those body shower gels that you used to get used to have these little beads well they were yeah they were microplastic and then they would flush out and they would go into the river and a fish may or may not eat it either way it's very harmful for the community I just wanted to say that. I mean, 90, 97% of Canadians bring their own bags to the grocery stores. That's quite phenomenal. It's good to see. 
Now, on November 25th, the world remembered Holdemore, and that was the Ukrainian, um, sorry, the man-made famine in Soviet Ukraine from 1932 to 1933 that killed millions of Ukrainians. Um, it affected major grain-producing areas of the Soviet Union. By that I mean they took the extra grain from Ukraine and brought it to other places. And apparently they found out there was no need to do that. It was more of a plan to, uh, well, make the Ukrainians play, pay for, for being who they are. And speaking of pain, it is day 281 of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And between that and Holdemore, there's a lot of people been buried. Don't want to leave you on a sad note, but I am going to leave you on that. And may uh, Christine McVie rest in peace. And I hope you guys have a good week. Good weeks ahead. Take care. This has been North of 48. Bye. Sean.